Hi, Murdy. Welcome back to the second segment of episode 119 of Sold with Updike Pew. I wish you could have been in the studio because we almost had a snafu. Um, Jason and Jeff were just having a conversation. All of a sudden, Jeff oh, goes, that's... I think we're about to go live. <laughs> Never dull. Never. Uh, that phone's ringing for a syndication any minute now. I can feel it. I can feel Come it, Come on, people. HGTV. Come Look on. out. Golly. <laughs> All right, so what we're going to do in the second half is we're going to talk about how important it is to discuss sales disclosures and what you need to. And yes. it's so important, as Jeff and I were talking about um, this before the show, we really think that um, these are elements that are important for both sides for different reasons, but at the end of the day, it really does protect you. Yes. Yeah. There it, is, is, it is your one chance to be protected. Yes. And, um, uh, you know, the seller's disclosure statement really wasn't even implemented until 1994. And right. so it's a, a fairly, I'm going to say a fairly recent phenomenon of uh, within the last 25 years. Prior to that, there was really no no written requirement for one. There, there were, were disclosures that sellers made, but they were very, uh, very simple and very antiquated. And so sellers disclosures are not all equal. There are some sellers disclosures that are much longer and some that are extremely short and kind of generic, if you ask me. Um, but our company has taken on and we have a very long sellers disclosure. And we find that it really does help in negotiations. It helps understanding the transaction. It helps really make sure that a transaction finishes and closes. Yeah, the, 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 you know, one of the benefits that I see for sellers in, in making as accurate disclosures, number one, it's going to protect you from lawsuits by mm -hmm. making a correct, accurate disclosure. But number two, especially in today's market, the, um, when a house comes on the market, many times there are multiple offers on it. Mm -hmm. And in that process of that, the seller provides a seller's disclosure statement. And if the, if the, the, the disclosure statement really doesn't accurately reflect the condition of the property, that buyer may do their inspection and terminate the contract and then walk away. And that really does hurt a seller in Absolutely. terms of being, you know, the, uh, being on the market, because if a contract terminates, the first question the next buyer's agent asks is, well, why to terminate? What, what do they find in? And you're not required to provide the inspection report from the past buyer, but you do need to adjust your seller's disclosure to yeah. reflect new knowledge that you've been made aware of. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of, it gets, it gets cumbersome at that point. And you've then kind of used up your best days, which are your first days yeah. on the market. And that's really important. I yes, think. it really is. And you know, the looking at it from a, from a buyer's perspective, uh, you know, the, the, the buyer's want the disclosure statement completed because they're able to negotiate uh, with more information. Mm -hmm. Everybody's got a, a clearer picture of what the condition of the property is. Um, the, the, the trouble it creates for the buyer is if the buyer, uh, you know, when they go under contract, they're going to deposit earnest money. Mm -hmm. They're almost always going to buy an option period in which to terminate. Um, and then they're going to hire an inspector to come out and do the inspection. So they're they're going to have between the option fee and the inspection, they're going to have six or seven, eight hundred dollars worth of money that yep. is gone if they terminate that contract. So 
you know, they, it's it's really to the buyer's uh, buyer's advantage also to make sure that they get an accurate disclosure from the sellers. Absolutely, and part of the seller's disclosure can address um, a multitude of things. It can address your HOA, which is really helpful mm -hmm. when you're in condos and townhomes in the suburbs as well, because it gives you a realistic expectation of what your financial responsibility is on a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. Also, what you might need to insure, what you get to omit, because it's carried in your hazard insurance by the actual HOA. Mm -hmm. Things also would be plumbing, roofing. Um, a lot of times we tell our clients that there is a checkbox for unknown um, or NA, and that is 100% okay. And I think mm -hmm. people get a little stump that that is okay for them to do, but it completely is if there's no knowledge. Yes. And the, you know, the disclosure statement that our company uses, uh, well, uh, taking one step back, so our, our state legislature defines what information has to be disclosed mm -hmm. as a minimum. And they, they've actually got a, the Texas Real Estate Commission has promulgated a document that shows all of those items that have to be talked about. Our company seller's disclosure statement goes a lot further in that into a, a great, great detail because again, you know, we feel like the, the, the fair thing and the right thing to do with real estate uh, transactions is disclose, disclose, disclose. Even, yes, 100%. And that is one of the ways that you can keep yourself out of any type of trouble after the, mm -hmm. after the contract is executed or after it's actually closed. So these are things you definitely wanna talk about. Some of the questions that we always have are who has to make disclosure. And mm -hmm. I think this is really interesting because there's a lot of um, gray areas maybe or um, misinformation mm -hmm. that is um, not. So what are the ones that don't have to disclose. Um, so I'm going to just run through my list real quick. Um, if it is, uh, if the property is being foreclosed upon, the the owner has no obligation to provide a disclosure statement mm -hmm. to the the bank that's doing the foreclosure. Um, they, if they're giving it back to a lender in, with a deed in lieu of foreclosure, where the official foreclosure process doesn't take place, but the uh, borrower or owner is signing the property back over to the lender. They don't have to make a disclosure then either. Um, the uh, lender, it, when they foreclose on a piece of property, has no obligation to provide a disclosure statement uh, as part of that foreclosure process. That's correct. So at the foreclosure process, the lender may be buying it back. There may be a, a different party that also bids on the property that wins it at that uh, or buys it at that foreclosure auction, and then there's no disclosure statement that's required in that either. So it's also true that you don't have to make a disclosure if it's part of a divorce. Correct. There's no reason for that. Um, uh, an unoccupied new residential home. Mm -hmm. So we see this a lot of times that there is no seller's disclosure to go with a home in a master plan community or a new high rise or a mid rise. That is a okay because you're going to do your own inspection at that point. We usually turn those over to the builders mm -hmm. and address everything that's on those. Mm -hmm. That's correct. Um, if, uh, uh, if spouses are selling property to one another, mm -hmm. or if there is a, a transfer to a direct relative, there's no disclosure statement that's required. Um, there's none that's required as part of a divorce. Uh, if the sale is to or from a governmental entity, there's no disclosure statement required there. And here's a little one that took me a minute to kind of understand. It said a home whose value represents 5% or less of the property value as a whole. And I was trying to wrap my head around that. And basically we're talking about the lot is worth 
so much more than the actual house itself that there is no disclosure that is required. There's a set number and it's 5%. So it really would take a really large piece of property sometimes to make that count. Yeah. Or, or the house have really, to be in like <laughs> really terrible <laughs> burnout <laughs> right. Push it so, over. Um, it is also interesting who has to make a disclosure because that is where people get a little more confused mm -hmm. that they are now required to make it. Yeah. The, uh, the one that I think has the most confusion on it is that when people, when people inherit a property mm -hmm. through the process of that, um, the executor or whomever is operating in this official capacity of transferring that property from the estate to a new owner and whether that transfer is occurring um, to an heir or mm -hmm. if, the, if it's being sold, the executor has no responsibility to do a seller's disclosure statement on that. Mm -hmm. But so if that property gets transferred to an heir, like uh, say that you inherited a piece of property from one of your family members in that transfer to you, there's no disclosure statement, but because you own it, if you were to turn around and sell it, you would then be required to provide a seller's disclosure statement. Absolutely. And so that is one of the keys. You really need good guidance on this. One of the other things that we see people doing is creating um, trusts, irrevocable grant trusts. Mm -hmm. And those are created and they still are required to provide a seller's disclosure. Just because it's not in that person's name mm -hmm. doesn't mean you're going to be scotch-free. So it right. is something to think about. Yeah, it really is. So I... I think the one thing to remember about disclosures is that if you don't disclose is that your neighbors will disclose for you. Yes. And there is, is no if, ands, or buts. They will immediately, if there, if there is a rift between a seller and the neighbor, the first thing that neighbor is going to do is walk over to the new homeowner and ask them how X, Y, and Z repairs were handled. <laughs> it is guaranteed they're going to do mm -hmm. that. I think before we close, let's do, um, People always ask, do they have to be um, notified about death on the property? And that's a really important thing because it really goes back to like people are comfortable or not comfortable with just yes. the facts. Yeah, there, there are, you are, you are only required to provide uh, uh, that kind of disclosure if, the, if it was a result of a violent death. And so um, suicide, murder, you know, that all of those things, you would need to disclose that. Um, there are, uh, you know, I think, Anytime there is a death on the property mm -hmm. that you have knowledge of, it's probably a good course to uh, disclose that just because it is one of those things that some people internally, you know, would, would not buy that house over. And, right. you know, that it would just not become an option for them to actually live in the house. Right. And again, like we just said, your neighbors are going to tell them. Yeah. So do disclose, disclose, disclose. It is, it is the key to a happy transaction. It is. <laughs> well, we hope you have found this very interesting. Again, we've got the comments. We'd love to hear what you have to say. And as the market heats up, if you're looking to buy or sell, let us know. We'd be happy to help out you with that transaction. Thank you for joining us at lunch today. And we remember we want to be a realtors for life.